You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello and welcome to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table as we celebrate our 40th episode here on CKCC Radio. My name is Chris and I am joined by my co-hosts, partners in crime. First, let's talk to my good friend Eric, who is currently struggling to play Pokemon Sword. Not only am I struggling to play Pokemon Sword. Shield, by the way, Shield. Shield, sorry. Uh, I'm also struggling because my recording software decided to crash. <laughs> oh, that sounds about that sounds about right. You're struggling because okay. you got your ass kicked by a chinchilla. I did. Un un like wow. First off. <laughs> so it's what what did you say his name was? Like Mincer or something like that? Mini Mini Chuno? Good God. I don't know anything <laughs> past Gen 2, all right? So... Right? Actually, anyway, it is a po- normal type chinchilla mo- uh, Pokemon, and its thing is, if you hit it, you become attracted to it and fall in love with it, so you're less likely to hit it again. Because it's cute. And I'm, and I'm trying to catch it, so all of my Pokemon are just like, nah, I don't want to hit this thing. Uh, and it's... Minchino? Minchino. Yeah. Minchino. And it's just kicking my ass. Like, it literally killed four out of my six Pokemon. And it broke through nine Pokeballs, one Great Ball, and it, I finally caught it with a Nest Ball. That's awesome. It was ridiculous. Uh, also struggling to play Pokemon is Dan. <laughs> just a different type of Pokemon. Yeah, I'm just and trying a different to type of struggle. Just trying to get to work. You guys remember emulators when it was like super simple and and it just worked? Yep. That's a thing of the past. Yeah, well, I mean there that's the thing, right? It's like usually those cla- usually classic uh sprite based games emulate really well and it's the three D games that you struggle with, but yeah, been there. I'm sure that Emu Paradise has been pretty much shut down. Like that was the go-to place for everything. Yep, but that was that was the number one place. So that's the one that got all the lawsuits and stuff. So, so you know what's funny about emulators is like you get an emulator, you can play any game that you want, right? But like if you already own a physical copy of the game, it's legal to play the emulator. That's actually a thing. For some reason, and I don't know why this is, when you have access to everything, I always go back and play emulated versions of games that I physically own the copy of. I can't tell you how many times I've loaded up the emulator of Link to the Past and been like, let's let's do this, even though I have the physical game, because then I got to pull out the Super Nintendo, hook it up. But I'm already here There's on the a, computer. <laughs> only a handful of games that I will actually... I'd rather play the physical copy than emulation. And one of them is uh, the Super Mario RPG. Yes. Because whatever it, they like, whatever program or emulator that you use, it doesn't seem to run it at the full frames. Yeah. Which really messes with your attacks. It does. It absolutely does. So. Yeah. Well, but that's a, uh... Part of the thing, right, is like, 
That's the thing with emulating on a computer is that your computer is more powerful than the system or the television you were on before. Correct. So your 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 computer is refreshing at at least double the rate that your NES was. I remember that moment of realization when we got a computer that was too powerful to play my old DOS-based games. That was a really sad moment, actually, when I couldn't play any classic any classic DOS-based game just because of the fact that the computer would have kicked its ass. Literally kicked know, its ass. Like, those times you're playing a game and your character just disappears for five seconds because the refresh rate is off yep, yep. for that long in a row. Yup. <laughs> The tech, the evolution of technology has gotten ridiculous. Uh, but speaking of video games, Dan challenged me to come up with 10 boss themes. And I did. So we're going to run through those real quick here. Now, what I defined for a, uh, a boss theme was the theme itself has to be synonymous with a boss fight but it doesn't necessarily have to be like the final boss right i think that's fair any any boss fight where the music changes for the fight that's the music is different for the level than it is for this fight right and i think that's uh that's a fair or intro music here. i would also accept intro music well so let's uh, i'll start counting them down here the f- uh, number 10 comes from donkey kong country this theme is called Gangplank Galleon. And this is the music that plays when you face King K. Rule at the end of the game. Can you two hear this okay? Yep. Okay. I want to make sure. I can't hear nothing. Well, I have my screen share on, so. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. There it goes. Now I can hear it. It starts off very piratey and, and lightheartedness, and then it just. Sounds pretty cool to me. (laughs) Can you guys still hear it? Okay, as I'm clicking around. Yeah, it's still playing. Okay, cool. So yeah, Gangplank Galleon was a was a good one to put on the list. I put it number ten though, just because of the fact that I wasn't a big. Uh, I wasn't a big Donkey Kong Country guy. Like, that was a game that my buddy owned, and I played it at his house, but I didn't really own it, so I didn't have that same connection to it that some people would have. If that makes sense. Everybody make fun of Chris for using light mode on YouTube. Okay. I mean, I, I also use light mode. Ruining your your eyesight, and you're wasting energy. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You are the worst of humanity. So let's do uh, number nine. This came from Super Mario Odyssey. (laughs) This plays at the end of the game when you take over Bowser and you just start crashing through walls. This soundtrack was incredible as it was, but... But imagine this is like the final thing, right? Like you've beaten Bowser and now you're you're using him to get out of the final stage. It's the final culmination of the game. 
and they give you a kick-ass rock and roll song to listen to. Lyrics. Mario games have lyrics until this one. Do you, are you familiar with Jump Up Superstar? Yeah. That's from this game. Yes. That's what I'm when they started actually putting lyrics in, in some of these games, they got really good. I mean, yeah, Which, like by the, the way, Sonic that's game. also a boss fight music song as well, so... Uh, I don't consider that a boss fight theme, because it, it's there's not really a boss in there. That's why I chose this one. Jump Up Superstar is amazing, though. Well, since we're talking about Mario... We'll go so to you, you, you beat Bowser and then you throw the hat on him and you use him to and you just you stuff. just plow through shit yeah. yeah so this next one we're gonna play came from Super Mario 64 when you fight Bowser they play this really cool kind of like rock and song for the first two fights but when you fight him at the end it goes full on organ just organ for drone This is called Ultimate Koopa, and it plays when you're facing you're facing the final Bowser fight when he's like these weird colors and everything. This I just of- feel like you can't play anything on an organ without it making it sound like evil. Yeah, that's true. Although that's kind of like a remixy thing, so let me see if there's a um there's a better one here. Yeah, there here we go. This is like the actual one. So yeah, just imagine this playing during your final encounter with Bowser. It's just like, ah, screw it, we're going full-on evil. Well, you already whipped his ass like two times before, right? One of them, one of them, very early in the game. Yeah, it's a really easy boss fight, actually. And then the lava one's hard because the you can fall off the stage and into the lava, and the the stage moves. But this one, you have to hit him three times, and the stage continues to get smaller. So there's always going to be an an issue there, which is yeah. So, how early you fight him in that game. So now, first time. Let's have some. Let's do some. Uh, some classic. We're gonna go back to the Pokemon series, Gold and Silver. As you fight Red at the top of the plateau. Remember this theme, Eric? Yeah. It's probably the most iconic battle in Pokemon. So the video, the video I'm playing, right out of the game, is right off the game, and it's a friggin' level 81 Pikachu taking on your Typhlosion, which is level 68. So thank God he had Earthquake because he killed Pikachu in one hit. Dude, I remember how cool that was to get up to the top of the thing, right? And discover that that's red waiting for you. And you're just like, like this is... And he's... he's 
harder than the actual fucking champion. Yeah. I, I mean, because he, he kicked like, the champion's asses. That's why he's harder. <laughs> oh, shit. The battle against Red is just insane. And it's, but it's so much fun, though. That's the thing, like, Gold and Silver is still the only game where you got to return to the original area, battle all the gym leaders, and, like, and and do all that stuff again. None of the other games ever did that. And that's why, I mean, we've gotten Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, we've gotten Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, right? So there's no reason why they can't do one Pokemon game with everything. Every area, every gym leader. And I kind of feel like they're probably working on something like that. I don't know why they're so hesitant to put it out, though. Because they don't have to make another Pokemon game ever again, and they don't want to do that. Well, they also don't technically have to make another Smash Brothers game ever again, but they probably will, is the thing, right? Like They need to do one every generation. But I don't, I don't feel like they can do much past the Switch except go 4K. Because the Switch became their ultimate creation, a portable and console-based system, so. Well, I think the next one is going to be 4K. I, I think it's going to have something where it's not going to be native 4K. I think it's going to have some sort of 4K upscaling. Yes. So I think it's still going to be compatible with all your current Switch games. Except they'll have a four key, four uh, K adapter or something, so it it shows all nice and pretty, which will be awesome. Yeah. All right. So this next one, I'm not going to play solely for the the music itself, but what it actually represents. The actual name of the song is is bombs for throwing at you. The four part plan. This is what plays in Portal Two when you battle Wheatley at the end of the game. One of my favorite boss fights of all time in any video game is the battle with Wheatley because it takes the original battle with GLaDOS and enhances it, makes it somehow funnier while also being somehow more dangerous, replacing the cores and everything. And this is actually... And the genius of the ending of you can see the moon from where you are and then you remember... That moonstones make the perfect substance for putting a portal on it. Yep. And that's the actual culmination of the game. So you put a portal on the moon and send everyone to space. I'm in space. <laughs> that's the best part is when the space core realizes it's going to go to space and it just lets go. <laughs> space. So that's the first. That's right, mate. We are in space. <laughs> So the first half of my list, I focused on really cool-sounding boss themes, whether there was a connection or not. The next five, my top five, these are games that I absolutely loved, had a connection with, and also thought that the uh, the boss themes were pretty fucking cool. All right. So in Star Fox 64, one of my all-time favorite Nintendo 64 games, period, when you would actually battle against Star Wolf, they would play some really fucking cool music here. This kind of sounds like an epic space battle theme, too.
So when you're battling against Star Wolf in the in Star Fox 64, how it goes is Star Wolf has a four member team, and they all pair off and go after each individual, each of your individual uh, teammates. Wolf himself comes after Fox. Peppy has to deal with the pig who is the old member of Star Fox and turned on them. And then there's a chameleon and I forget, I think the other guy's like an orangutan. And I think the chameleon goes after Slippy and the orangutan goes after Falco. But what I used to do is I would always just try to take out Wolf first and then I'd worry about my teammates and I would take take out whichever one needed the most help, but also Slippy would be last. So if Slippy went down, you know. So you lied because Slippy would need the most help. <laughs> Sometimes Slippy would go down, yes. Okay. So let me let me play something for you guys here for number four on the list. In the original NES DuckTales game, remember that? Yeah. They I remember. Would, you remember? This was the boss Sorry. theme from that. a cool little dude the, the game was awesome yeah so like this so is so good this is a pretty cool little theme right yeah and then <laughs> and then I, I, along came this oh uh, listen to how good they turned this into This is when you're facing what's-her-face, some the vampire lady at the end, right? It's all the bosses. All bosses? So you face, uh... Not the final, final boss. <clears throat> they actually gave the final boss his own theme song. When you face Dracula Duck. They can't call him Duckula, because that was another thing entirely. This is probably my favorite pure Disney video game. Yeah. It's so good. I think it's the best one. It's a good platformer, and they did a great job with the entire soundtrack. Of course, everybody knows the moon theme is the legendary DuckTales original NES theme that everybody talks about. But they did a oh, great yeah. job remixing all of those themes into something new. But yeah, the bosses are, you face this, like, giant duck Olmec head in the jungle. You face Magicka Dispel in Transylvania. You face the king of the Terra Fermis in the underground mines. And you face the a giant abominable snow person in the uh, the Himalayas. Turns out to be a snow woman. And she's got a crush on Scrooge in the remake. Because they added all the dialogue and everything and the, the voice actors, which was awesome. And then you just fight a giant mouse on the moon. The, the mouse on the moon is actually the, uh, the lamest villain, but it comes from the coolest stage. So you got to kind of take it what it is. I actually really like the Terra Fermi King battle the best. He's an easy boss to beat because you only have to hit him like four times, but it's a fun battle because you've got like a crowd cheering him on. And you have to, you can only get him at certain intervals. So you have to avoid everything else that he's doing to work it through. Whereas like the mouse, you can kind of just stomp on him and then he goes super saiyan and he just got to avoid him until he comes back. Until he runs out of energy. <laughs> Basically. Yes. 
All right. Good choice, man. Eric at number three. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to play it. You know what this is. Yes. When you face the That's bosses and Link to the Past. And you just, you get so anxious because of this fucking song. <laughs> Whether you're facing it's, the giant knights or the freaking, the Moldorm that knocks you off and you gotta restart the stage again. It's it's literally this music that gives me anxiety. And, <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm feeling it already. And you know what I'm waiting for, because there's only one thing that it's missing to actually drive me over the edge. What's that? Your heart, your heart mo- uh, noise. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> if you hear those at the same time as that, oh, fucking terrible, terrible anxiety. How about this? Did they remaster this? Somebody did. Somebody certainly did this. Huh. Imagine if they did a remake for this game like they did with Link's Awakening. Uh, yeah. All right, can we make that happen, actually? Yes, can we? And they can put the um, the whatever mode in natively the uh, the item thing, whatever. Yeah, the, random, the randomizer in there natively. Oh, well, I don't know about the randomizer because that would just piss me off if that, I'm in a dungeon and all of a sudden I would just as an optional a, gameplay that would be fun. Oh yes, as a mandatory yeah, thing that would, that would be obnoxious. No, I would mean I mean it would be a bonus thing, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, this one's going to be... So, the Kirby games always had great boss themes. Like, Kirby's Adventure had a good boss theme. Uh, Kirby Superstar had a great boss theme. And then Kirby 64 had a pretty good one, too. But then you get to the final true boss in the game. And it just sounds like the epic finale of a movie. When you actually battle O2 at the very, very end. Got to give this one a, a second to kick in here. Because they make, they make it sound like you're... I mean, you're literally battling Dark Matter, which is just an evil entity. Latches itself onto things, and in this form, it's, it's purest form. It's like an angel that's gone corrupt. And you're just like, holy shit. And you always know that a song is good when they do something like Smash Brothers and they put the theme in there as a remake like this. This is how you know the theme meant something. Because they took the time. So good. This sounds like a final boss theme. 
right. I have a couple of honorable mentions while this is playing. Uh, One Winged Angel is a great theme, but not being a Final Fantasy guy, I couldn't really include it. I did dodge a lot of the franchises that I got kind of exclusive with, like Pokemon and Kirby, Zelda, Mario, all have great boss themes individually, but I chose not to include too many of them just because I wanted to vary it up. Like, Link's Awakening has the, uh, the pretty epic theme when you're battling the shadow monsters at the end of the game in the egg. You know what I'm talking about, Eric. Yeah. So, I just wanted to include some variety here. But if we're talking about video game themes, and we're talking about video game boss themes... The greatest theme I've ever heard in my entire life came from fucking Conker's Bad Fur Day. When you fight what a the terrific kids game. When you no, fight <laughs> the giant shit monster. <laughs> it's already Dan's already laughing. Uh-oh. Uh and he sings opera. Great mighty Pooh. It is the greatest boss theme in fucking video game history. Change my mind that a giant poo monster singing opera is not the greatest thing ever. Ever tasty tish from my chocolate starfish. <laughs> so here's the giant shit monster. Me, 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 me. He's getting ready. I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge <laughs> from my chocolate starfish. How about some statue, little twat? Do you really think you'll survive in here? You and it's like such a hideous looking thing, too. Yeah. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it to my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? <laughs> Have some caviar. Getting rather mad or like a niggly, tickly, shitty little tag nut. When I've knocked you out with all my bab, I'm going to take your head and ram it off my butt. Your butt. My butt. Your butt. That's right, my butt. Ugh. My butt. Ugh. My butt. <laughs> and then when you finally get him I'm flushing, I'm flushing Oh, what a world, what a world Who would have thought a good little squirrel like you Could destroy my beautiful flagginess Oh, I'm going oh, ah, no, ah. And then you flush the great mighty poo down the drain <laughs> Now that's what I call a bowel movement Greatest theme ever for a boss fight. <laughs> and he's like one of the first bosses you fight. Yeah, he's actually a pretty early boss, I think. I when I played the game, I got the uh I got the password codes, right? And I would always put in the password code to go right to that boss fight and just replay it like tons of times. Just for the music. Just for the music, because it's so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's the best. It's so good. So thank you for that challenge. That was a ton of fun. Uh, Adrian Cotton has issued a challenge. He wanted us to come up with our top 10 favorite animes. 
or was it anime or was it a uh or was it maybe it was like an anime intro or something let me actually look that up real quick i don't have enough anime experience to i've seen three so far so <laughs> yeah I can give you the order. Yeah. I mean, one of the shows had the <clears throat> intro change every season, so... <laughs> right. Yeah, it was top ten anime intros or outros. Oh. So well, I, then, since almost every anime has a different outro... Yeah, you could do like, the same actually, thing. I might actually give you a, t- a list of ten, or close to a list of ten. But, Eric, I think you should at least accept this challenge. I, I will accept... Uh, I will attempt this challenge, because let me tell you, there's a lot... And not all of them are winners. And no, that's true. I don't want this to all be like all from Naruto because I feel like all of the Naruto ones are fucking awesome. So I'm gonna like have to focus and split. Actually, I know what I think. I know what my number one is, and it's in a show I have not seen. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, we. So what I will do is I will at least give you a top five. How about that? I'll give you a, I'll give you a five because I can definitely do that. If I can make it to ten, I'll give you a ten list. Uh, but yeah, we'll do that for next week's show. There we go. The challenge has been accepted, sir. So I'm going to put that down on our official little document here. Top ten anime intro outros. Oh, and let's let's set the rule now. It has to be an actual anime, not an American show like Castlevania. <laughs> that just looks like an anime. Oh, good. Which, by the way, I watched the last season oh. yesterday. Ah, uh, yes. How was it? Because I haven't I haven't even seen the third season yet. So pretty pretty cool. So I was thinking about that Smash Brothers extended universe idea that I came up with, and I decided that. The best course of action would be to animate it anime style, not computer animation or classic anime style. If you animate the thing, you don't have to worry about casting people that look like certain characters and then CGIing in other characters. So you don't have a real life link with a CGI Kirby, right? But if you do it the anime style, you can also incorporate any character under any form and have it match, but still have the style look different enough that it would stand out. I think that is how you should do a Smash Brothers extended universe and anime style, not computer generated anim- animation, anime animation. I feel like, yeah, that would work. Or even like a mixture of like what they did with um, Spider-Man into the multiverse. Yeah. Well, my inspiration for that, I was watching some of the old reveal trailers, and one of them was an anime-style fight between Link and, I think it was a Fire Emblem character. And just watching that, I'm like, yeah, this would be the best way to do it. I mean, they did the the anime intro with uh, the Link's Awakening remake, and it looked phenomenal. So I think that's really the best way. If you're gonna, if you're actually gonna tackle a Nintendo multiverse and incorporate all the characters together, I think that's the best way to actually do it. Personally, because then you don't have to worry about trying to make how you're gonna do your CGI Pikachu. Is it gonna look like Detective Pikachu, or is it gonna look more like Pikachu in the in the video game? And if you were going to pick between them, they'd all have to be that way. 
So you couldn't just have, you know, Pikachu look like Detective Pikachu and then Kirby look like the one in the game. You'd have to try to make Kirby look somewhat realistic. So right, I exactly. feel like anime is definitely the way to go. And the other thing is with the computer animation stuff, that can get a little clunky too. But if you just do it anime style, plus it would probably take a lot less time to do because I know they computer animate a lot of stuff with anime now anyway, because a lot of animation yeah. goes that way. But you can get that stuff. You can get cell-based computer animation rendered a hell of a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just saying, Rick, Rick and Morty, despite the uh, the issues, can still come out faster than, you know, The Simpsons. I know that Family Hell, Guy uses... South Park at this point, uh, at, like, that's... South Park is computer animated. Yeah. And it has been for a while. Ever since, like, the second episode. Say only The only true cardboard cutout episode was the the very, very first one. After that, it was computers designed to look like cardboard stuff. And then they just gave up on it and did their own style. As the technology advanced, they advanced with it. Yeah, I know. So good. So freaking good. All right, so I don't have any kind of a plan for this episode. Like, so I don't know. So, so just like normal? Just like just like normal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly go through some stuff that I've seen online that I think would be would be fun to discuss. And here's something that's been making the rounds on the internet and then it eventually did make it into our group. It's actually shared by you, Eric. And this is the ultimate realization of the Moff Gideon character and the Star Wars <laughs> lore. I'd seen this floating around for a while, and then when you put it in the group, I'm like, yeah, we're going to discuss this. So let me read the comment that somebody put on the YouTube clip, and then we can actually go into some detail here. So, during this time, Luke was an urban legend to the Empire. At the end of Return of the Jedi, he was responsible for the destruction of two Death Stars. He was in a room with Darth Vader and the Emperor. From the perspective of any witness, the Emperor never made it out, and he walked out with Darth Vader's dying, defeated body. He's the only known living Jedi left. This is what's going through Moff Gideon's head as he watches in terror as a cloaked force-wielding figure with a lightsaber easily dismantles his army of dark troopers because he knows it could only be him. What do we what do we think about that as like just that theory combined with the acting of Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon? It's got to be true. It's got to be true. The man like he's just like I know what he's here for, and it goes to take out you know uh uh shit. What's his name? Grogu. Yeah, and then he's just like, well, that failed, and then he tried to kill himself. <laughs> Yeah, and then they had to stop him from that, too. He knew what was happening. He would know more than the regular person, too, because he's high up. So he would have he would have known. He would have known about Vader and... Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> he probably was close to them. So I, I found that to be really interesting when I read that. Now, you know, these are the things that you don't 
you don't really think about, right? Like, right. I want to be, I like, I want to hear that, that story being told from the empire's point of view, right? Just like what happened over there? Like this one dude just showed up, destroyed two death stars, took out the, like the strongest force wielder that we have ever known and the emperor at the same time. Like he, they have to look at him like he's some sort of, he's got to be a myth. It can't be true. Like if you share that story and you know what the death star is and you had no idea, like you've never watched star Wars or whatever. And it just, that story being told, you'd be like, you're full of shit. Yeah. And then that happens. Because remember, they don't even believe in the Force. In the first movie, they're just like, ah, Vader, you and your dumb freaking religion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They consider it to be an, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the memories are fading. And I think that goes with part of the Empire propaganda, right? It's yep. like, and once they wiped out the Jedi, they turned it into a whole thing and, that they're they're dead. They and then it became that they never existed. But I also really like the take in the Bad Batch about how the the soldiers are joining the Empire because the Empire is paying them, putting a roof over their head, putting food on their table, and that's more than the Republic ever did for them. Right? It's a really really cool dynamic to explore. At the same time, that's because the Republic didn't need an army. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the Republic and the Jedi also very infamously didn't take care of a lot, a lot of things the way that the people saw they should, you know? I mean, look at, look at the Outer Rim. That was the whole thing, right? They were shocked to find out that there were still slaves there. And then Anakin's mother was upset that the Jedi didn't show up to free them. You guys aren't part of the actual. Oh. So. I mean, for the Jedi being like, "Hey, we fight on the, the side of good." They're kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they suck at it. All right, they they really suck at it. Well, that's because they be there was the with the whole thing was it, they became. They became over too, too overly reliant on the Jedi, or literally, they even talk about it at the beginning of Episode One. They're like, "Why the heck did they send us on a diplomatic mission?" There's diplomats that could do this. That's true. And the whole th- like, who knows how long the plan would have taken if it wasn't for the escalation of there's two Jedi and. On the Trade Republic ship, you know? If it was just somebody else, some regular person, would the invasion start that day? These are good questions. That's the thing, right? When you open up this kind of a fictional universe, it's it's crazy how many theories people can come up with, and you're just like... You know what? That makes a lot of sense. 
they're supposed to be like peacekeepers, and then they're just like, "All right, well, we need you to be diplomats and police officers, and then uh, generals in a, in a war, and then uh... yeah." So somebody's got to be like, "Listen, this is not my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my damn job." Because there's a lot of times where I'm just like, I'm on Anakin's side. Like, come on, really? <laughs> I love the I love the um the written in, written and directed by George Lucas memes where it's like we grant you the we grant you the rank of master and once or once you prove yourself worthy we'll actually go ahead and put you on this council but you're a little reckless and we just want you to get a little more experience first and Anakin's like okay yeah that's actually really fair sorry that I was kind of a baby about it before that just is written and directed by George Lucas it just ends <laughs> just ends starring <laughs> but isn't that kind of the other thing about Anakin's downfall too is that the Jedi really didn't help because they did treat him with disrespect like yeah he was being a whiner about it but they were not helping the situation at all he was about he was 95% into doing the right thing. He turned him in. He was going to let them take him out. And then the, the whole reason Anakin turned bad wasn't because of his, his, his anger or his fear. The, the whole reason Anakin turned bad was because of the consul's fear of Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. They were so scared of him that he ended up proving them right in the end. Oy. Like, he was persuaded, don't get me wrong, but, like, he was... They they fucked up. <laughs> they fucked up. Well, it's like, big. they talk about how Kiati Mundi is actually, like, one of the biggest catalysts, because... It, 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 all of his dis, his doubt and everything contributed a lot to it. Yeah. There's so many Star Wars theories. You want to hear something that's not a theory that's actually a Star Wars fact? What? The Phantom Menace is now older than A New Hope was when Episode 1 was released. Oh, God. Yeah. I know. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that, and I was just like, uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Mate. Considering I wasn't alive when the first one came out, <laughs> I wasn't alive when the whole first trilogy yeah. came out. The yeah, the entire yeah. This is depressing, and, and we're doing this on episode forty, and the three of us are all getting there. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> fuck. I know. God damn it! It's too real, man. It's too real. I just can, let's can we go back to just playing Pokemon, please? <laughs> okay, I got one for you. I, I, this was this was a philosophical thing. Let's say you could go back in time for one week, right? It's a yeah, it's a con it's a consequence free visit. You're just gonna go back. You can relive that year and everything else for one week. Then you have to return to the present. Nothing will have changed though. So no matter what you do. It's not going to affect the future. It's a consequence-free thing. You can go back in time to any one week in your life. Where oh, in my life? In your life, yeah. Where would you go? What would you relive for that one week? 
Now, what are our rules here? Like, as in my current consciousness goes into my body at the time? Your current consciousness goes into your body at the time. So you have knowledge of what's going to happen. You can't change anything. You're just going back to relive fun. Now, you can... So there's nothing that I can do to change my future. You can't change your fate, no. But you can just, you can get a consequence-free ride. And just do whatever you want. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if I could go back and not change anything. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, because let, let's say I go back and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to date that person that was like, that ruined part of my life. But uh, I, at the same time, that person made me who I am today. So like anything I go back and do would ultimately change who I am <laughs> in the future. Right. So you want to just literally one for one relive a week of your life. I mean, you can make different decisions in that week, but when you come back, it's not going to affect anything. So you could be reckless. Doesn't matter. Still had sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could be reckless. You could do anything that you wanted. There's no consequences. This is going to look like the Vat of Acid episode where all those things actually did happen. Yes. Oh, my God. It's fucking hilarious. That That's such a good episode. Yeah. Freaking I don't really remember any weeks that were just, like, legendary or, like, worth... I have a small handful of things I would probably go back and experience just to experience them. I would go back and relive at least one summer vacation. You know, where you had no responsibility and everything like that. Buster Bunny. I would relive one summer vacation. I would definitely reconsider reliving one of my theme park experiences just for the actual fun of it. Knowing that I wouldn't have to deal with that crap again. I'd probably pick a random week where I was employed. And then I would call out sick the rest of the week and just use my my pass to get into the parks. But I would work I at least one be, day to, to relive yeah, it. I, I don't know, man. Like... Because at first I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a couple, uh, like, couple of girls that I knew in high school that I would definitely go back and be like, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, nah. But really. you also have the, your mental faculties of you currently, so you'll be mentally a pedophile. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I, so I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, but you could make an ass out of yourself. You could, you could take a ton of risks knowing that when your time is up, nothing you did matter. Could I skydive without a shoot? <laughs> well, I don't think you could <laughs> die. What, what you would do is you would wait until you know your week's about to end and make that the last thing you do. So, like, right, oh, once the clock hits zero, <laughs> you zoom back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that, right? <laughs> Do you know one thing I genuinely miss and I would love to experience all over again? The hype. 
when we first got that that experience going to the theater to see the new Star Wars movie or the last Avengers movie. You remember that feeling of like, this is it. And being in that atmosphere, we don't have that uh, anymore. That Cause stuff felt more of the hype before the first Avengers movie. Cause like my, our movie theater was all Avengers themed too. Like they went with this, with like the soap that you can like write on windows with. And they like did every window. They had like their most artistic person at the place do all the windows and, like the entire place was all made up in Marvel and Shield stuff. It was crazy. That was cool. I remember movie theaters. I feel <laughs> like we'll get there again. <laughs> well, have you heard that with everything going back to normal and things opening, that like seventy I think I think I said seventy percent of people surveyed said they are going to the theater to see Black Widow. Because don't don't spend the forty bucks on Disney Plus. Well, no, I'm going yeah. to the, I'm going to well, the theater to see it in on the big screen. Movies like that, yes. I don't think I'd go to go see a comedy anymore. We've had that discussion. Yeah, comedy yeah, is too uh, risky. Like you gotta. There's, yeah, at there's least... certain comedies that I'll go see, but it has to involve like. Like, I will see like Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2. <laughs> I will see yes. those in the theater. But yeah, I know what you're... I know what you're, I know what you're saying. But I, I can't risk going to the movies for, like... This is a bad example, because I like this movie. But, like, to go see 51st Dates, right? Sure. Because you don't know if it's actually going to be good. Right. Because let let's face it, all comedy movies have been romance comedies. They're just like it's just not the same. But like, there's no risk when you're going to see an MCU movie because even if the MCU movie isn't that good, you're still seeing action on the big screen. So you know you're going right. to get the loud sounds and the explosions and the visual experience and everything. It's it's the experience, right? Yeah, we call that the Michael Bay experience with the explosions and stuff. <laughs> the Michael Bay experience. <laughs> I the still Michael think, Bay experience. <laughs> I still think that should be a theme park ride. MBX. <laughs> Everything just blows up. Uh, and then uh, just J.J. Abrams is just lens flares. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, J the Abrams experience. Can't oh, see. God. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Lens flares. That was the thing. Like, I remember watching The Force Awakens. I'm like, there's a lens flare. There's a lens flare. Like that opening It wasn't scene. even that bad in that. It was real bad in Star Trek. Yeah, for his first Star Trek, it was like... It was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. And he definitely toned it down after that <laughs> and everything. <is> done. <laughs> well, there are, it could always be worse because if Quentin Tarantino directed it, it would be feet everywhere. Uma Thurman's feet. Oh my god, that guy loves his feet. Show fat, please. I'm sorry. I mean, if that's your thing, that's cool. But I have actually, like, no, just no feet. No feet. I don't want to see anybody's feet. I don't even like looking at my own feet. Feet are nasty, dude. Feet are, feet are nasty. Uh, speaking of Avengers, here's another thing that got posted. This has been making its way around the internet for a while now, but it ended up in our group because of Hannah. 
So let's discuss if the Avengers was made in the 90s. Yeah, I've seen that for years. Yeah, so. it's but it's great. So Captain America would be Brad Pitt. Winter Soldier would be John Stamos. And Falcon would be Eddie Murphy. How are we doing so far? <laughs> Not great. You don't think so? We've been too distracted. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Scarlet Witch would have been Alicia Silverstone. Sure. <clears throat> Hawkeye would have been Christian Slater. That actually wouldn't have been bad. I would have enjoyed that. Hawkeye's trying trying to be Jack Nicholson the entire time. <laughs> Ant-Man is Matthew Broderick. That would See, work. this is where I disagree. I the still think it'd great. be Paul Rudd. I know. Because I Paul Rudd's Rudd. still from the 90s. Yeah. But, you know, I can't, I can't say... I think Matthew Broderick would have been an excellent 90s, like, Wolverine. He would have worked for something, but... He's a really... He's just really good. He could have been anything, really. Yeah, he, he really could have. <clears throat> All right. Iron Man with Tom Cruise is where I've got the problem. Yeah, this is another guy who would be too distracted. He's Tom Cruise, right? Like, and Spider-Man as Leo DiCaprio is another problem. I, I mean, I could see... It depends see when it. in the 90s. If it's early 90s and it's barely known Leo, maybe. Right, if it's, teen, if it's teenage Leo, it might have... It might have worked. If it's like Gilbert pre, you know, Gilbert Grape <clears throat> after Gilbert Grape, but as soon as we hit Romeo and Juliet and Titanic, it's game over. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Blick Widow because they spelled black wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> My Mila or Mila Jovovich? Yeah, Is it Mila or Mila. I think it's Mila. Uh, that's a good choice, too. Yep. Uh, Den Dallas multi-pass. <laughs> Denzel Washington is Black Panther. Distracting. Uh, I think, if we're looking at the same ones, which I believe they are, I believe War Machine and Black Panther could could have been swapped. All right, we'll get to... In my opinion. <clears throat> we'll get to him. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., War Machine. Hmm... Yes, you know what? I'll agree with that. <clears throat> Switch them, and I think you got something. How about Ethan Hawke's vision? That I wouldn't have minded. I just I I can't picture anybody as Vision outside of Paul Mitty. Uh, yeah, but I guess <laughs> I, I guess yeah, it would work. We're going with 90s actors. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dolph Lundgren as Thor would have been terrible. He would I not. Mean, have, he would have gotten the speech down, I guess. But Yeah, but he yeah. would not have gotten the personality down. No, the humor wouldn't have been there, I felt like. No. Uh, how about David Duchovny as the Hulk? <laughs> First off, holy shit. What has he done lately? Jillian Anderson, that's what he's been doing lately. After that, <laughs> after that Californication show, I don't think he's done anything. They did the X-Files relaunch for a bit there. Oh, yeah. Was he in that? Yeah, they were in it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But... um, You know, I could see it. I, I feel like he'd be a very boring banner. Though. No. 
Yeah, I could see that. What about Keanu Reeves as Doctor Strange? I think that would work. 90s Keanu, hell no. You don't think 90s Keanu could have done it? Pre-Matrix Keanu? Fuck no. I think he could have. All right, this next one here, I would 100% be on board with, and that's Keith David as Nick Fury. 100% on board with that. He plays Nick Fury in most animated things. Yeah, so there you go. So it works. (laughs) Gary Oldman as Loki. Samuel L. Jackson still would have worked. He was still in the 90s. But you know what? That's that's fine. It's whatever. I think they're purposely... Switching it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, 90s Nick Fury was white. <laughs> that's true, but... Yeah. Gary Oldman as Loki would work, because Gary Oldman can play anything. He would have made the character work. I I can fully see that one. Yeah, Oldman can do anything, so... And here's the the next one you're about to say, I can't unsee now for the life oh, of Oh, yeah. Time. Ron Perlman as Thanos? <laughs> Yeah, I fucking yep. I can't because <laughs> it would have worked. Yep. Yeah, uh, Brendan Fraser as Star Lord. The sad part I can is, see it, it would have worked. Yeah, dude, Mummy is Mummy is such a guilty pleasure movie for me because it's like it's a it's a B movie, but it's so good and it's so much fun and it's funny. That's that's a popcorn flick for sure. That's great. That's a great one. I use lines from it all the time. <laughs> looks like I got is. all the horses. Yeah. Hey, buddy, <laughs> looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, it's so much fun. It's such a fun. Also, movie. also the um, he said that he was looking for a good time. Apparently, he had a very good time. <laughs> oh, his neck did not break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gamora would be played by Halle Berry. That would be distracting as well. Yeah. See, I think it was, they went to a list. That's what they made. That's what they did right about the MCU this time. Is that they went people they, who are on the verge and made them a list, right? Demi Moore as Nebula. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, I'm on board with this one. Joe Pesci as Rocket. Yo, the voice? Yes. Oh, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, that's what that one's good. And then Arnold as Drax. I mean, you can't really tell it's Vin Diesel anyway, so they would have just gotten somebody. Well, Drax, that's Batista. Oh, I'm thinking, oh, I had Groot in my head, sorry. Yeah. I had Groot in my head. I was like, well, just replace him with Vin Diesel. Uh, okay, so now I've got the, now I've got the right Avenger in my head. No, I can't see it. I would have cast him as Groot. You know what? That's what I would have done. I would have cast Arnold as Groot. <laughs> Thank you, we have the physicality. Arnold does do... Comedy, but he does outright comedy, whereas Drax is about the understatement and the not understanding, and that's what the comedy comes from. So he would have been a perfect fit. 
Uh, Put the cookie down. I love that movie. And the last one is Winona Ryder is Mantis, which eh, like you could have had uh, Winona as uh, Nebula. Winona as Hope Van Dyne. Ooh, and then put like I don't know Sarah Michelle Gellar. As Mantis or something. Nope, gotta have a hot Asian chick be Mantis every time. Lucy Liu? Sure. Was she 90s, though? Or was she, like, she was early 90s. 2000s? She, late 90s, I would imagine. She, was, she, would have been, she would have been on the verge, I think. I think she was a verge. <laughs> Who was out. the go-to hot Asian of the 90s? I don't know. Was there one? <laughs> no, they could have had Bjork do it. <laughs> She's not Asian, but she has. But she kind of looks a little bit Asian. <laughs> Bjork. Bjork. Whatever happened to her? Hey, Winona Ryder played her when they did uh, Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go. Well, we've hit the top of the hour, so let's do the entertainment challenge. This is about where we keep putting it here. So for this week's game, we went to an old, we went to an old reliable, the badly explained game. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read their description and then just for funsies, you guys can try to guess what show they're doing here. Oh, okay. Which show they've badly explained. So we'll, let's see. We only got seven entries, but. If we're if we're going to stay consistently with six or seven entries a week, I'll keep doing the game because we can at least have fun with these. So I stuck with TV shows badly explain the plot of a television show because everybody always does movies. I wanted to try to do something different. It's always like movies or video games. So went with TV shows. Our first entry comes from patron and podcast host Jeff Trelowitz, published author, friend of the show. And here is the plot. Barely pubescent boy finds out he's an alien and his best friend will become his biggest enemy. Uh, Smallville. Smallville. Gold Star. What do you think of the entry? Uh, That was really good. Really good. Point. 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 All right. Our next entry comes from friend of the show and patron Robert Aitken. Atkin. I always I always do the different pronunciation for his name. The Diet Man. Oh, and he's a junior, by the way, because I follow him on Twitter. Oh yeah. And he's a verified Twitter dude. Because of his job. So good for him. A documentary crew is tasked with seeing the twilight moments of a failing business, but obsess over a guy's pursuit of a co-worker that is, cons- that is content with her simple life. Go read that one more time. Okay. A documentary crew is tasked with seeing the twilight moments of a failing business, but obsessed over a guy's pursuit of a co-worker that is content with her simple life. The office. Yes. That is the office. 
Okay. Do you not like that one? No, I liked it. I was just like, I, it was, okay. It's hard to, uh, to describe. I liked it. Put a point. Yeah, I'll give it a point. I had a hard time pinpointing what show because of how many fucking documentary style shows there are. Right. But I kind of like where he went with this because he's like, yeah, the whole idea was to document the paper company, but they become obsessed with Jim and Pam while they're recording, which is true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This entry comes from our good friend and patron, Brian James Leon. Florida man abandons career in law enforcement to pursue dream of being a bearded Canadian. (laughs) I have no idea. Say that again? Florida man abandons career in law enforcement to pursue dream of being a bearded Canadian. This is really funny. Holy shit. Do you have a guess? Is this what, is this Dexter? Yes, this is Dexter. Dexter? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Bravo. That was really good. That's actually an earmark. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So three points and I was so fucking lost there. I was like, I have only seen like two episodes of it. And it was like the first two episodes. (laughs) And I was like, wait, but I remember hearing about like he ends up in Canada and everything. (laughs) <laughs> that's his dream man <laughs> move to Canada from Florida that's got to be like the most extreme climate change possible I mean that's almost what I did <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, not to not to frighten you Eric but being this time of year I got on my tornado kick and I was researching where some of the most violent tornadoes have happened and several F5 tornadoes have happened in Michigan so it has been okay. it has been a pleasure knowing you I hope you I have mean, a storm tornado, cellar I I have an upstairs bathroom <laughs> Yes upstairs perfect place to go during yeah. a tornado Structurally sound but it's upstairs but it's upstairs well, that was like our thing in Florida when we would get the tornado warnings and I'd be like, well, this sucks because I'm on a third story apartment. So, <laughs> But my strategy was always the same thing. If we actually had a tornado warning, I was going to grab both cats and I was going to throw them into the walk-in closet and lock them in there. And just be like, well, at least they're safe as can be <laughs> if for this situation. Because that's I hate problem. every second of it, and we'll murder you later. Yeah, well, that's tough <clears> shit. <throat> that is tough shit. Our next entry comes from Hannah. You ready? Oh yeah. Okay. Man tells way too long-winded story about how he wants to fuck his best friend. Uh, how I met your mother. Yes. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate description. Very accurate. That's a point for me. <laughs> point for me. The weirdest thing about that show is like he he has them refer to her as Aunt Robin from the beginning of the shows. Yep. And it's like, do you know that's your stepmom? 
<laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Make a point. Okay, Duck. This one comes from friend of the show and patron Randy Moyer. A chemistry high school teacher decides that if he's going to die, he might as well take a bunch of criminals with him and do his brother-in-law a favor in the process. One more time. <laughs> a chemistry high school teacher decides that if he's going to die, he might as well take a bunch of criminals with him and do his brother-in-law a favor in the process. Ah, okay. This is Breaking Bad. Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't catch the first half. Right now, like, your microphone keeps breaking up on me. I'm sorry. It's all good. Not your fault. Probably my fault somehow. No, it's weird because he's breaking up on me, but at different times than you, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> too, too bad that won't actually translate to the actual recording of the episode because we're recording it on my end. Yeah. On, so, so yours is directly from microphone. From, from me, recording. yeah, so it's... <laughs> it's going to sound great on the actual file. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. I, I guess. So Breaking Bad is the answer. Yep, that's a point. That's a point from Dan. That's a point from me. Okay. I'm going to be the bad guy here and actually not give this one a point. Just because I don't think that was a bad description. As soon as I heard chemistry high school teacher, I knew what it was. But that's just an opinion of mine. Yeah, I mean, that's literally the only accurate description in that. Yeah, I guess. Let's try podcast host and friend of the show and patron Matt Hardman's entry. A town's wacky residents find the secret of not aging for 30 years. I don't know if you're done talking, but I have I didn't hear shit. Uh, sorry. A town's wacky residents find the secret of not aging for 30 years. Did you at least hear that one? Yes. Uh, WandaVision. No. Good guess, though. Dan, do you have a guess? 30 years? Yes. 30 years? <laughs> I would have been able to guess this without actually being told the answer. And I love it. So 30 years and then not aging. Oh, wait. Is it Samson's? Yep. It's the Samson's. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> it's like, it's been around for 30, or it came back after a very long hiatus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nope, it's been around way too fucking long. But that's, that's a great description. I'm earmarking this one personally, but you can do 30 you years. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, well, now it's more. Now it's like at 32. <laughs> Do you know when the debut episode was, Eric? No. December, 32 years ago? December <laughs> December 17th, 1989. I want you to think about that for a minute. 
how old were you in 1989? I hadn't even started kindergarten yet. I was four. I had literally just turned five two days before the episode. Yep. And The Simpsons is still going. <laughs> so eat shit, Pokemon. <laughs> you need to catch up. <laughs> well, Pokemon was a daily show. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon's actually way ahead of The Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, but at least Pokemon's rebranded every couple of years. <laughs> uh, that's true. Just yeah. like Power Rangers, right? <laughs> like, Although they both contain immortal 10-year-olds. Yeah. Well, I guess it could be worse. Okay. You could be an immortal 8-year-old on South Park. Did Ash <laughs> ever wash himself with a rag on a stick? <laughs> Yeah, I like this. I gave it a point, and I'm going to revisit it. But is that points from it you guys, a, too? Or? It is a point. Okay. Yeah, it's a point. <clears throat> All right. Our final entry comes from podcast host, patron, friend of the show, Jay Winger. Deranged millionaire wages crusade against the mentally ill. Batman. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Well... I don't need to hear the description, I guess. <laughs> All I heard was Batman. I was like, huh? Damn, I'm, was, I'm sorry I'm cutting bad. out on you so bad. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It, yeah, deranged millionaire wages crusade against the mentally ill. Oh, yeah. That's a point. I'll give it a point. <laughs> I I can't fault it because I didn't hear <laughs> It's still funny. I didn't even hear all of it, and I didn't even hear all of it again the second time, So, but I, I recognized it. <laughs> so I think... I apologize for these tech issues. I don't know yeah, what's that's a point causing them. That's a point. My bonus point is probably going to go to... Uh, uh, shit, what's the one that you... Dexter? Yeah. That's Dexter. the one you earmarked. Yeah. That was a really good one. Dan, did you have a favorite? Yeah, the one I earmarked. Which was also Dexter. Okay. And then I I liked the Simpsons one the best, so Matt gets a bonus point from me, but the winner is Brian. Florida man abandons career in law enforcement to pursue dream of being a bearded Canadian. Dexter. All right. Since I am breaking up on you guys' end, why don't I turn the show over to the two of you to talk about stuff that you guys are watching, playing, or doing, and we can discuss it. Who wants Who wants to go first? You know what? I'll go first. So, I just picked up Pokemon again after several years. I got the new one. I got Sword. Finally defeat the first badge. Very easy. Very easy. Literally knocked out both of his Pokemon with one, with one Pokemon, one move each. Because I picked the fire starter and the first one's grass. And I was just like, oh yeah, this game's gonna be easy. And then I run into a fucking chinchilla. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, not a trainer's chinchilla, just a wild chinchilla. And it takes out over half my Pokemon. And I can't catch it. And all your Pokemon. I, I probably do. Like, it literally, I spent, like, 
I don't know. Let's see. How much yeah. is 200 for per Pokeball? I wasted nine. So and then you also that, used a couple special balls. Yeah. So over 2,000 in Poke credits or whatever you want to call it. Just trying to catch this damn thing. And I, I can't remember any other game where it was that difficult to catch a fucking Pokemon. And guess what? That Pokemon's going to be useless to you. Oh, it is. But I, I wanted to catch it so I can recognize its typing and whatnot. But now you've caught it. You know what I want to do for Chris Ranks the Universe? I've talked about doing, like, the Gen 1 Pokemon, and that's definitely on the agenda. I want to do, I want to rank every Pokemon type from worst to best. Fire, number one, fire, because fire. Well, let's do it right now. Let's bring up the, uh, let, let's, Pokemon. All right. Typing. All right. There you go. Let's do this. Here's your type Ooh, chart. This chart. This chart is insane. Nope, too many. Too many. How many, how many were there? Gen one. Fifteen. Was it fifteen? I thought it was like thirteen. No, fifteen had normal through dragon, and then dark steel and fairy are the only new types. So that's interesting that in like dark steel fairy twenty five years they had three. So now I know what my personal you know what? favorite type is. What's your personal favorite type? Psychic. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. That. Oh, you're gonna say okay. I was gonna guess dragon, but psychic's good. Psychic my- is so strong in Gen One, which is why they introduced Dark type. Darkness. My favorites were always Psychic, Fire, Ghost, Dragon, and Dark. Mostly because they had the coolest Pokemon designs. And they were powerful. They were powerful. I'm also really partial to Ice. Just because Ice was kind of rare at the time. Ice was one of those things where I thought was super cool until I realized that it was weak to Fire. To me, that didn't make too much sense. Yeah. I would think they'd be weak to each other. That's the end point. That's the whole thing. No. Fire melts the ice, then it becomes well, I water. Felt like water right. beats fire. It would be neutral. I thought it would be like neutral to each other, and it would be weak to something else, like, I don't know, ground or whatever. It actually right? makes sense, phys- like, if you put physics behind it, which, oh my god, let's talk about physics with Pokemon, but fire melts ice into water, but water also extinguishes fire, so that's actually like... An accurate I mean, way is, of doing it. This is RPG, basic RPG stuff, right? Like, fire is good against things that will catch on fire. Right. Congratulations. Fire well, beats at, grass, let's, let's ice, through. bugs, and steel. And let's see who's got the most defenses. And, like, because I'm looking at Dragon right now, right? And it really just. It only has three things. It has one no effect, one not very effective, and one super effective. Everything else is normal. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Because it's a fucking dragon. And Yeah, I- but, like, it doesn't have, like, outside of the steel, right? 
it does damage to everything pretty decently. It's got pretty good coverage. But let's I mean, not yeah, also at forget. At it's normal to all, all, almost everything, right? Like, but here's here's the other thing. When you're doing typing, you're talking about the moves. So, like, you can have sure, a Dragonite, and it doesn't necessarily have to have Dragon-style moves. You, it can have dra- – Dragonite's got such powerful stats that you just want it to have special attacks. So you right. can take a Dragonite – have it learn freaking Ice Beam and Flamethrower if it's possible, and it can just wreck things because its special attack is high, so Dragonite's just wrecking. However, even though like Dragonite's <clears throat> special attack is high, and let's say it does learn Flamethrower, and Charizard, whose special attack isn't as high as Dragonite, his Flamethrower is going to be stronger than the Dragonite's Flamethrower because he's Correct. the same type. If you use the same move... Of the type of the Pokemon that it has, it has like a bonus onto it. I don't know what it is. I think it's like fifty percent or something. It's yeah. There's there's like a bonus 25%. there. But that the worst is like okay, I love Gyarados. That thing is friggin' badass. But it's water and flying, which means if Gyarados goes up against an electric type, it's screwed. Oh yeah, it's done. So Pikachu gonna whoop his ass. Pikachu could whoop a Gyarados's ass. So, That's one of my favorite moments in in uh, Detective Pikachu, where he just grabs. <laughs> it can it can evolve into a Gyarados, <laughs> and then it does. <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit! So this is I I want to say that Steel is my favorite type. And and it's not because it's they're so strong. good defensively against about everything. Yeah. Yes, and like you were saying before, and this is why Lucario is my favorite Pokemon, is because he's still fighting, right? So he is weak to fire. Oh, like I fighting. I will say, like fire fucks him up pretty good. Right. And oddly enough, also fighting, but fire is like the one weakness. Outside of that, he's got the type coverage for everything. And I, I feel like Steel is just so OP because of its defensive stats. Because of that whole, you can just use any type move on any Pokemon. I don't really care about that bonuses. As long if I can outlive the other Pokemon, that's all that matters. Right. So... You either got out, more output of damage or take less damage. Well, and look at, look at some of the other advantages here. Okay, so we're looking at Steel... And fighting, right? So, okay. So, weak to fire. So, you don't want to use Lucario against fire. And you don't want to use him against a fighting type. But at the same time, you know, ground beats steel. So, you don't want to really use him against that. But he's completely immune to poison. And then look at where he gets an advantage here. So, like, flying and psychic both beat fighting. But with that steel factor, it actually does normal damage because they cancel each other out. So there's no actual advantage there. They just do regular special. Bugs and rock types, he he's going to decimate them because there's double there's double defense on that. You know, poison would even wouldn't even have effect and then look at the other stuff here. And then again, it also cancels out fairy too. Because 
So you can you can use a Lucario against a flying psychic or fairy type without worrying about the disadvantage of being a fighter because of his steel background. So OPOP. Yeah. And what does steel actually not work against other than actual steel? The only thing you can't use it against is fire, water, and electric. So as long as you're not dealing with any of those... No, even electric uh, electric Pokemon don't do extra damage. I mean, it, it does normal damage to a steel type. Literally, it's fire, ground, and fighting. I meant I meant steel, steel steel moves going after electric. Oh, is what yeah, you want to avoid. Yeah, it's yeah. not good against fire, water, <laughs> no, electric, um, but oh, steel. If you're a steel type, you can attack an electric type. I think it's two times damage. You do extra damage to fairy and electric. No. Ice, fairy, electric. Nope. Steel As is a not, steel type? Steel is not very effective against electric. Ice, fairy, and rock. Steel can destroy. Am I, am I looking at the wrong chart? Hold on. I'm trying to... I shared left one in left, our chat. The left to oh, right it? is the attack. The, the, the left side is the attack. The top side is the defense. Yeah. Attack versus... <laughs> where'd you, where'd you get that from? It's literally the first <clears throat> Google search. PokemonDatabase.net So... Pokemons. Pokemon. Gotta catch him all. Yeah, so you got you to pay attention to what's doing the... What there's doing the damage. You and me. So, like, that's the thing, right? Normal-type moves don't really have a type advantage over anything. But at the same time... As long as you're not f taking on a fighting or a ghost-type, your normal moves are fine. And I think that's it. Like, all your dual-type Pokemon should have one really good move for each of their types, and then they should have a stat destroyer, and then a really good normal attack. So you can still get your your regular attack in instead of your special attack. That's like the strategy, the main strategy there. I agree. I think there's... You should have two stat builders and a sweep. <clears throat> um, For instance... In the new game right now, there's a charge, charge flame or something like that, <clears throat> where it's a fire move, so you get that fire typing, and if you land, you increase your speed by one stat. Right. So you, then, don't, you don't necessarily need a pure stat boosting move at that point, because you've already got it, and it, it doubles as an attack, which are great. Right. Great moves. Yes. And I feel like as long as you got that and you're faster than the other Pokemon, that's that's the like the key in this fucking game. Honestly, is you got to be faster than the other than your opponent. You have to. Yes. <laughs> Abso-freaking-lutely. Unless you're doing something with like Trick Room or a Snorlax, you got to be faster than your fucking opponent. Do you know what the fastest Pokemon is? Uh, yes, it is the Reggie Electris or something. It's Deoxys in its psychic form. Ah, no, it was. 
but now it's Reggie. I was looking this up this morning when I told you I was looking up uh, different Pokemon and stuff. It got superseded by the new um, Reggie Gekkis or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, let me look at Gen 7 decks. Oh, no, yeah. Regilesk is considered the fastest if you go all the way to Gen 8. So it is Regilecki. Yes, Regilecki. Is the fastest Pokemon. But Deoxys, Jesus, man. (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't. He don't fuck with that. <laughs> Base speed of 180? It's ridiculous. Ninjask is fast as hell. I'm not but sure the, which one that is. Ninjask is the bug ghost from Gen 3. Bug ghost? That's an interesting combination. Now, here's the thing. When you're filling out your Pokemon team, how many... How many uh, legendaries do you usually end up with? Because I always feel like doing an entire team of legendaries just doesn't really work for me. Uh, I agree. I... uh, It's just so weird. I don't like any of the legendaries... With the exception of Mewtwo. If I see a Mewtwo, he's on my team. Hands down. See, I feel the same way about Mew, because Mew's my all-time favorite Pokemon. But one legendary I have to have is Articuno. I love having an Ice Bird on my team. Okay. I'm all about the pseudo-legendaries, though. So they're like, they're legendary on their own right, but they're not legendary Pokemon. For instance... Arcanine, right? Top notch. Uh, you have um, Dragonite, pseudo legendary. Slacking. That friggin' sloth I- from Gen 3, it's like got the craziest stats ever. And then there's a new Ty- Tyranitar, I think it's. Tyranitar is awesome. I love Tyranitar. Tyranitar and Garchomp. Like those, I'm, I'm having those. If they're in the game, I will find a way to get them. What about Metagross? That friggin' steel psychic thing that looks like a giant friggin' Star Wars vehicle? Uh, you know, I don't know what it is about that one that I don't use. I think it's because I already have, like, a Mewtwo or another psychic on my team that I, I just can't. Well, you got Lucario, so you got your steel type, but, like, if... Yeah. But I would use it because I would want a steel psychic type on my team. See... Liking steel Pokemon is a it's a curse, right? <laughs> because all they need is like they don't they don't even need a strong one. They need, just need like a Growlithe and you're fucked. Be- because being that steel type outside of Lucario, outside of Lucario, steel types are slow as fuck. Yes. That makes sense. That's why yeah. you need to have something strong. You gotta have, you gotta, you want that, you want that base stat to get it. 
So that that that's pretty much if they have any kind of fire Pokemon, that's why I, I fucking hate it. I need to make sure that they don't have fire or fighting by the time I bring out my Lucario or it's gone. <clears throat> yeah. That's, I'm trying to think of the move that I was using on him that it was... I had two different Lucarios. I have my special sweeper and my attack sweeper Lucario. Uh, and they both had, you know, obviously different builds. So, like, my special sweeper had Psychic. Um, he had the Steel Aura or whatever. But he had all the special uh, sweepers skills on him. Because he's allowed to learn all of them. Which is another what? <laughs> That's insane. Uh, and then I had a physical attacker. And the physical attacker was whole... Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful at taking out uh, the, the fire Pokemon. There was like a water punch, I want to say. What it, uh, and anyway, it, it hits them with the water. It slows and uh, weakens their defense. And nice. I can't remember what the fucking name is. But it's so busted. Yeah, Medic. Metagross's two weaknesses are hit points and speed, because its base stats are 80 and 70 for hit points and speed. But Lucario, Lucario's speed is 90. So there you go. That's one of the good ones. Lucario's lacking in the defense thing, though. Yeah, but that's what his typing makes up for. True, yeah. So if when you catch your Realu in the in the wild, you're just like <gasps> when you encounter that, you're like, this is it, this is the moment. And then how do you actually evolve it? You have to become best friends with it. Oh, high friendship so in the daytime. Okay, I just found it. Yep. Well, that won't be hard for you because you'd be going ape shit friend in that thing, dude. Yes, I like you. You are my best friend. You just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you uh, just you just don't realize it yet. But we, did we just become best a... friends? Yup. Yup. <laughs> but just just to prove a point on like how fucking slow Steel Type is, right? Lucario is probably the fastest one with a speed of ninety. An Abra also has a speed of ninety. There you go. I'm looking to see above the steel. Uh, there are no other steel types. Lucario is the fastest steel type. Nope. Never mind. There's a legendary here. Jirachi. Yeah, Jirachi's pretty fast. Uh, <sighs> now, before I finish my statement, I'm double checking to make sure. I don't have any, <laughs> fucking, you're like okay. you sons of bitches. Don't prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so outside of that, that wasn't even the global decks. Fuck you. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not looking again. Lucario's the, the, the fastest outside of the legendary. All right. What is the worst type and why is it bugs? Uh, it's bugs because they made it that way. Like, it's just, just I don't know what it is. It's supposed to be the basic starting 
fighting the start by fighting them when you right. first become a Pokemon guy. They're just, they're and if just you, statistically. You literally weird. get your first Pokemon and then walk into the grass and you immediately get your ass kicked. Guess what? You're not playing anymore. Right. That is true. Let's let's look at its typing because it's theoretically on paper it's not terrible. Right? You do take extra damage from fire, but like you know, whatever. You take flying half kicks, damage flying from grass. Kicks, flying kicks your ass. Flying does kick your ass. Fighting half damage. Ground half damage. So flying, rock, and fire are its weaknesses. That's it. Right. That's why, like, you can use bugs against Brock because the the rock and ground cancel cancel each other out, so you can do normal bug moves to a Geodude and an Onyx. But right. you can also get completely screwed, too, because, like, Butterfree is a bug flying, so the ground moves, it's immune to, but the rock moves will kill it. So... There's that there's that typing issue, right? Like if you're a ground type, Butterfree'll wreck you. Yeah. If you're a rock type, you're done. <laughs> you are done. I think the problem with bug types is that it does not pair well with any other type. No, not really. Because you have three weaknesses, but you also have three resistances, and the resistances are pretty pretty decent. But the moment, like, even Scyther, right? Which we can argue about it, but it's probably the strongest bug. At least in Gen it's 1 bug, it was. Yeah. It's bug flying. And if you look at the flying weaknesses, they don't overlap. Right? Like, if you bug has a resistance to grass, flying has a resistance to grass. So you're taking quarter damage from grass type, which hardly anybody uses. But now you pick up a weakness to electricity. So now you're weak against fire and electric. On top of that, you're also weak to ice now, which you weren't before. Right. Flying already had resistance to fighting, which is the same resistance as bug. So you're taking quarter damage from fighting. So unless you're putting up your Scyther against, I'm trying to think of a Machamp or something, you're kind of fucked. Sure. You we, do, however, get immunity to ground. But whoop do you fucking do? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you also gain a weakness to rock. Which I believe you were already weak to. Yep. So you now take four times from rock. So here's here's another thing too. Based on uh, based on how typing charts work, right? If you're looking at what actually has zero effect on something, right? <clears throat> the 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 big types that you want to look at are normal ground flying. Ghost, Dark, Steel, and Fairy, because you can get the most immunity from those types. And Ghosts, just by being immune to normal type moves, that eliminates a lot of moves in the game that you can use. 
by just by eliminating ghost and fighting or uh, a normal and fighting ghost types are already immune to over 50% of moves in the entire game. Period. Yeah, pretty much because they're also immune to fighting as well. Right. So yes, because those are physical moves. You can't touch the ghost. So now, okay, so yes, ghost, ghost moves can't do shit to normal type Pokemon, but ghosts have other moves, right? So if you're facing, if you're facing Eradicate with your Gengar, that Eradicate goes to you Swift or Quick Attack, that ain't going to do shit. But if your ghost uses Swift or Quick Attack, Raditz got to eat it. Because the normal type ain't immune to normal type moves. Now, you can't use Nightshade, but that's fine because you've got other arsenal. So you're already crippling two of the main attacking type of moves right there. Now, ghosts are strong against Psychic, as well as other ghosts, which are powerful types, and their only disadvantage is against dark types, right? That's the only thing that you want to avoid with your ghost, is to take on a dark type. Yeah, pretty much. Now, what's strong against ghosts? Other ghosts and dark types. So, Which is hilarious, by the way, because if you think about it, you shouldn't be weak to your own typing, but whatever. Ghosts and dragons are. They're weak <laughs> to each other. A ghost and a dragon can kick, <laughs> kick each other's asses, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so right. So now if you've got, but think about that. If that's your advantage, right? And you've got something like a Sableye, which is a ghost dark type. What, what's going to even happen? You can't counter that with another ghost dark type because that would be a dis, like if you, if you battle Sableye against Sableye, they'll kick each other's asses, but that's a disadvantage on your opponent too. So what actually beats a ghost? Because. Yes, dark types beat ghosts, but so do other ghost types. So if you've got a Sableye and, and I'm using a Gengar, that's really the only advantage there. But yet the ghost typing is going to cancel itself out. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I think by type charting alone, ghost, it might be the best type in the game. You're saying you're saying steel, but I think ghost might actually be the answer. For the best overall type to use. Now, if you've got a ghost. (laughs) And and Dan just goes back to being a pyro. (laughs) It's like fire. Light everything on fire. All right, Beavis. (laughs) Fire. Fire. Dude, I should do a Pokemon team for Beavis and Butthead. Because Beavis' whole team would just be fire types. Like this thing on fire. Is there a ghost dragon? Yes. I think it's a legendary, though. So, hang on. This is what the Google machine was made for. Ghost dragon Pokemon. Dreepy. Dreepy is a ghost dragon Pokemon introduced in Gen 8, so it's in Sword and Shield. At level 50, it evolves into Dragloke, or Dracloke. And then at level 60, evolves into Dragapult, 
which is actually pretty fucking cool looking. Here's the link if you want to look at this. Yeah, I know people are like, I can't see that. That's a dragapult. It's a ghost dragon. Because I feel like that would be perfect coverage because whatever ghost didn't have, dragon had. Right. And it's a pseudo-legendary, which means... That, that's a Pokemon that I would end up having on my team anyway. Yeah, pseudo-legendaries. There you go. Well, while you've been talking, I've been working on trying to get Pokemon to fucking work on my computer, and now I have Leaf Green running. Yay! 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 It's not Fire Red, though. I know. <laughs> we'll see. But wait. I, I got Leaf Green working. We'll, we'll try from there. You can have a lot of stuff when you first catch it, like the stuff that it that it learns here. And let's see, Phantom Force is its best ghost attack, and Dragon Rush is its oh, best dragon. Eye attack. Is fuck, dude, look at his eyes. That dude been smoking, smoking. I mean, he's this, dead. So <laughs> this is a pretty fucking cool smoking weed, smoking whiz. It's a pretty fucking cool-looking Pokemon, I must say. Yeah, a dragon ghost. I think I'll do that. A dragon steel. They got one of those. My Lucario, because Lucario. Let's see. Are there other dragon ghosts? Uh, If Giratina does an altered form and its origin form, it's a ghost dragon, but that's a legendary. And then... That, yeah, that's it. So that's there's the pseudo legendary and then the actual legendary. Those are the only dragon ghosts that exist. Well, there's your answer, bud. So the reason why I like pseudo legendaries over legendaries, by the way, because they're actually because stronger. <laughs> they sometimes they are. Sometimes they're ridiculously stronger, but you can actually catch them in almost every game. Right, they're easy to trade. They're not just, like, exclusive to a one particular game. <clears throat> like, the legendary birds, they're cool and all, but, like, if you don't have that game, and or if you don't know anybody who's going to trade them to you, you're never going to get them. Right, exactly. But you can get one of these. Yeah. That is cool as shit. Now That's- I got a good... F- Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon Pokemon. Where, when you get to the Lake of Outrage, that's where you're going to catch it in Sword and Shield. And there we go. Pokemon Fire Red was working. Nice. So look forward to some streams of me playing because we've been covering the Pokemon show on another show. Pokecast. What are you going to name your rival? Uh, whatever. If, any, if anybody <laughs> is with me Ass while fart. I'm playing, guess whatever they say. Asphart. Maybe I'll name it Chris. I did name the rival in the one of the last games I started, Dan. He was rival Dan. So that is... Maybe Eric. It depends if you guys are okay. with me while I'm, while I'm doing it. I mean, Eric is a pretty, pretty rival type person, I think. Have you ever I'll take that I'll take that challenge. There <laughs> is a steel dragon type Pokemon. There is. 
Thought we talked about that earlier. Steel Dragon? Did we? Eh, we Was did. I still waking up? Duraludon? Yep. And it's in that game and you're playing. Yes. Oh, please don't let him be a sword exclusive. Uh, let's see. Game locations. Nope, you can catch one in Route 10. Sweet Jesus. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should change the subject so we can so we can contain his erection. Oh, it is definitely contained. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. That's a cool looking Pokemon. So that's just that's one of the things I want to do as like a pro as like a project is to come up with like the ultimate the ultimate gym leader, right? In pop culture. Like who would be the ultimate gym leader of a fire type gym? Who would be the ultimate gym leader of a ghost type gym, like in, in pop culture characters? Like I already know that the dragon gym leader is gonna be Daenerys. Or possibly Hiccup. Cause those are the Well your ghost your ghost would have to be like Egon or Peter Vankman. No, it wouldn't be Vankman. He wouldn't care enough to do the to be a Pokemon trainer. No, but Egon or Ray would. Egon and Ray would definitely be the uh, the ghost gym leaders. Yeah, probably Ray because Ray is the one that played like Dungeons and Dragons and shit. So yeah, it'd be Ray. It'd probably be Ray. Ray Stance. Ray Stance, leader of the ghost type gym. Who would be the ultimate fire type gym leader? Um, Arthur Brown. Ooh. Although he's a real person. <laughs> and was a musician. He's I mean. Musician. The Strange World. Was it like the, the Strange World of Arthur Brown? is a song called Fire. Fire. Freddy Krueger. Damn. Uh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> no, no. He's, isn't he afraid of fire? So he wouldn't yeah. be controlling it. Yeah. Jason Voorhees is the water trainer. <laughs> it's Beavis. Beavis likes fire, but can he control it? <laughs> fire, fire, fire. It, it would be Fire Lord Ozai. Well, then if it's like that, then it's like, is it going to be like Johnny Storm? Or Pyro from the X-Men? Gambit. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like, what would be your... It, you're, you're coming up with... When I come up with the pop culture teams on my Instagram... Firestar. It, it's fun or, to come up with. No, you know who it is? It's Drew Barrymore from Firestarter. Yeah. The Twisted Firestarter! Like, it's fun to come up with teams, but then you have to figure out who the ultimate trainer is, right? Like, who would be the ultimate, the one most synonymous? Water ones to Aquaman or Namor, Namor the Submariner. Well, I also think that you could do, like, a, a gym, right? And have, like, several people. There's, like, the leader and then there's the disciples. Yeah. So you could absolutely do it that way too. Like the fighting type, like who would be the fighting type gym leader, and why would it be Anderson Silva? I'm like John Chena. 
Yeah, it would be like, right, that would be it. Like, they would be like Muhammad Ali, John Cena, and then... An MMA guy. Chuck Liddell, right? It would be like top people in those three fighting sports would be like the the gym disciples and everything. And then... Uh, George Rush St. Pierre! <laughs> and then the top, the top psychic trainer is going to be the Brillo Pad guy. <laughs> the, the, <Beyond> Warwick. <laughs> but more importantly, who's the normal type trainer? No, the top psychic type trainer is going to be Professor X. Oh, yeah. And Gary Spivey. And we already know Magneto's the top steel, the top, the top steel gym leader, right? Oh, I mean, he would have to be. Who else would it be? <laughs> it well, couldn't mean, be anybody Magneto. else. He would, it would have to be him. Even if the Pokemon didn't want to fight, <laughs> they yeah, have no control. <laughs> the ultimate in normal would be like the, the greatest every man in pop culture, right? So Jerry Smith. No. You need a good trainer. Bob Belcher. Uh, Bob Belcher. <laughs> Bob Belcher would be Hey, uh, I'm gonna use my blissy now. <laughs> oh Bobby, why don't you try using the clefable? No, Linda, no, that's a fairy type now. But it's so I know, cute, I, Bobby. Used to be my ace in the hole, but no, they took it away from me. Yeah, that, that you was my ace in the hole, Linda. And then they took it away from me, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. That's what I think that's if we if we get this Pokemon MMO off the ground, I'm going to base all the the gym leaders on fictional characters, right? Like they're going to be it's not going to be the char- like it's going to be the gym leader's name is Bob, but it's not going to be Bob Belcher, but it's going to be a guy who er- owns a restaurant, right? It's going to be the top Belcher. <laughs> the gym's closed right now. He's uh he's serving burgers at the moment. Come back later. I didn't need to come up with Pokemon themed burgers for for the daily menu. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's that who's that Pokemon special? It's Pikachu! No, actually, here's what the special is. Fuck! It's still the greatest vine ever. Top vine. Top notch stuff. Top notch. You know who would be a disciple in the Steel Gym? Cause you need techie people, right? Phineas and Ferb. That would be those would be disciples in the Steel Gym. Eric, would you like I, to weigh I, in on that? I mean, I I never watched Phineas and Ferb. <sighs> I've seen a, like an episode but here it's and so there because good. It's, it's in the break room or whatever. But it's so good. It's the best Disney Channel show they've ever produced from that generation. By far. Oh, you know who would be a top psychic trainer? The Jedi. Definitely the Jedi. Luke. Maybe. Maybe Ray. Who would be... Who would be the ultimate... Um, oh, I was just I was just trying to think of a type that would be interesting. Who would be the ultimate fairy trainer? And why is it Richard Simmons? <laughs> God! 
damn it. Ooh, Richard Simmons is pretty good. I was going to say Ellen. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is where it gets offensive. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that offensive? They're both bright, bubbly people. Uh-huh. That's what we're going for? Bright, bubbly people? Okay. You know, I don't know. What, I don't know how he thought this was going to be offensive. It's not offensive. Leslie Nope would be a fantastic. I don't know what trainer. space that does the uh, Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Oh, Billion. Craig. Yeah, Billy Eichner. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. It would be Cam and Mitchell. It would. Yeah. Oh God, this could. Really, that's where we wanted to go with fairies. Really, like. We don't want to go with like Link or Peter Pan or. Actually, I'm not really helping that case, am I? <laughs> I don't believe in fairies. <laughs> that doesn't really help my case in any way, shape, or form. Anyway, let's go. Uh, <laughs> bug type. <laughs> uh, bug type. That would have to be uh, Buffalo I Bill. I have the perfect person. I have the perfect person, but go for it. Buffalo Bill. From Silence of the Lambs. Okay. All those moths okay. and crap in his basement. Anything for you, Dan? I'll take that as a no. Jeff right. Goldblum from The Fly. Oh, damn it. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good you know, one. You probably get Jeff Gold, a different version of Jeff Goldblum to do every type. <laughs> He's the Eevee. He's the Eevee trainer. <laughs> We're not going to make the same Pokemon mistakes we made the first time. No, no. You're making all new ones. <laughs> uh, Pokemon. It's like Pokemon nature uh, finds a way. This <laughs> is... Uh, and now here I am, uh, just training Pokemon by myself. Uh, we are going to have uh, Pokemon on this uh, Pokemon journey. Ash, hello. And that's just Professor Oak sitting there going, I really hate that man. Oh. Egon would be grass type because he collects mold spores and fungus. There are grass that, ghost Pokemon. Is that what Egon would use? That, that why we get. That's why. That's how we can get Ray and Egon. Should I make a Pokemon team for the Ghostbusters? Should I do that for one of my yes. next? Yes, should totally do that. They they actually deserve their own gym. They're the ghost type gym right. leaders. Yeah, they they would be. Yeah, the disciples. <clears throat> oh, that would be so much fun to figure out who's going to be in the in the gyms. So they got, there has to be one leader and then several disciples. Now, the disciples doesn't matter the, the number of them, right? Because different gyms have different disciples. But there has to at least be one disciple. So, like, if Professor Butterfly X... Of the apocalypse. Professor X and Luke Skywalker are, like, top-notch psychic gym leaders, then, yeah. All right, dark type. We got to go with villains, obviously. That would be a villain, Jim. Uh, yeah. Michael Vick. Black people. <laughs> no, Michael Vick should not be allowed near Pokemon at all. That's why he's dark. <laughs> he's evil. So I'm expecting to hear villains. And one of you goes one direction. The other one goes a completely different direction. What? So what is dark type? 
You said villains. Really? So I said Michael Vick. <laughs> no, but I was thinking about what what uh <laughs> what Dan was trying to say. I think he got droned out, fortunately, but Well Michael Vick fits the uh the racist use black people. Yeah, see that's what Dan was going for when he said that. Uh, oh, that's what okay. he was trying to get out. And I was I changed I was, my answer to Dan. <laughs> so what is dark actually in pokemon i mean it's it's basically supposed to be like the quote-unquote evil type and fairy's supposed to be the opposite of that so we're talking like an angels versus demons situation here sort of yeah dark types are usually considered to be pretty pretty evil looking pokemon Shifty type Pokemon. Mm, shifty. So that's why you gotta, you gotta draw the the, the, the eyes. dog with his eyes going side to side. Shifty eyes. Yeah, that's a great Simpsons joke. So I guess. So who is evil, or like does, or like an actor that does a lot of evil? Like who's played the devil a bunch? Tim Curry's been the devil or devil Curry. Yeah. yeah. See, like, like my go-to villain, we would go back to the whole film villain thing, right? And, like, immediately I'm like, well, obviously any bad oh. guy could could fit it. But you need, like, the best bad guys. Loki. Loki. Yep, there, I think that's your answer right there. Loki. Yeah, but he's not, like, I need somebody who, like, you absolutely despise, right? Loki, you always like... Dolores Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? She would... As much as I fucking hate her, she would be a fairy user. Yeah, she would. And she would have cats. She'd have all the cats. All the cats. Yeah. Oh, I think... <laughs> I think we should wrap there. And now, uh, this is actually a good place to wrap, <laughs> yeah. So here's what I want you guys to do. This is your this is your homework assignment. I want you to come up with characters that would make great gym leaders and tell us who you would put in certain positions, and then we'll discuss that on next week's show where we continue our Pokemon stuff. Please check out ckccradio.com. Check out all the backlog episodes, all your favorite podcasts up there. Please check out our partner shows. We have the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian, and of course, Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. Eric, would you like to tell everybody what you got going on on your show? Well, we're currently switching directions from talking about video games and anime we're focusing more on the anime aspect because it seems like that's what you guys uh are liking the most um if not just you know you could always email us and whatnot but our last episode we talked about our favorite or top five favorite transformations in dragon ball okay so i don't want to spoil anything go check it out i will say that there are more than just the Super Saiyan transformations. There are tons of transformations, we, yeah. Yeah, there is a shit ton of fucking transformations. And some of them make it on there. So. Some of them were really stupid, like Zarbon. 
Yeah, I, I didn't even mention that one. I my bad one was actually. I'll tell you what my bad one was. My bad one was actually Cell. Yeah. Even though I love his perfect Cell transformation, like the way he looks and everything, I just don't like the way how he got it, and then how he can basically get punched in the stomach, throw up an android, and then deform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like okay, that's kind of yeah. whatever. That is yeah. That's a that's a that's a good point actually. Uh, go go to patreon.com slash club kayfabe for exclusive patron content, including Dan and I doing VIP wrestle talk, and then there are bonus episodes of Race Nerd podcast and ranking tracks also available, as well as watch alongs and some new content coming as well. Thank you to Jeff, Jay, Glenn, Adrian, Randy, Rawl, Matthew, Brian, and Robert for being awesome patrons. Your money is helping keep the show going and keeping it free for everybody. Without the patrons, we might actually run into issues here. Um, there might be some programming changes on the way. There is a possibility that Nerd Table will be moving back to Mondays. This is not confirmed as of yet, but we will make sure to make that announcement. Um, as you guys are listening to this, you have, uh, you're listening to this on Sunday, May 23rd, which is the day Dan is doing the charity stream, but I'm going to make the, uh, the Facebook charity page and I will have it going for about a week after the stream has concluded. So you guys can still donate to the suicide prevention hotline. Please make sure to check out Twitch, as I will be doing a gaming show. Dan will be doing more streams. Twitch.tv slash CKCCOnline is the channel there. And I will also be attempting to do them on my Facebook as well. But my last stream got copyright struck for 24 seconds of audio that apparently belonged to an artist who didn't didn't belong to at all. And of course, I fought it and I won. But now I'm thinking that... This, the Facebook streams just aren't friggin' worth it anymore. And for those of you guys who have enjoyed Park Hopper and got great feedback here, Eric and I finally got a chance to sit down and discuss some future episodes, and we will be pushing one of those out very shortly here. But what we want to do is hear the park, theme park-type topics that you guys want us to discuss, because we will focus on requests. So if a bunch of people come in and are like, do an episode on Space Mountain. Well, then I guess I know what our research is going to go next. Pretty easy, right? I think that just about does it. Any final words, guys? Or is it lunchtime? It's always lunchtime. It's always lunchtime. Okay, fair enough. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for supporting us, and we'll see you next week on The Nerd Table. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.